Join Miss J every Tuesday for good vibes with sass and laughs, bringing together community, music, and culture. Community, music, and culture. Community Tuesdays. What's going on, guys? Miss J here, and we're back with a new episode of Community Tuesdays. And this week, I have a special guest straight out of New York. He goes by CR, but you can officially call him Conscious Rap. How are you? I'm good, yo. What's going on, everybody? Like she said, it's your man CR, aka Conscious Rap, representing Jump Out the Frame, JOTF Records. What's good? You can tell you're from New York. <laughs> Just with that little phrase. <laughs> I'm actually from Jersey, but, you know, my mom is from New York and her sisters okay, are from okay. Brooklyn. But it's all right. Everybody always connects Jersey and New York. Exactly. You know I'm, I'm from North Jersey. It's literally Manhattan. It's like 30 minutes from us. Listen, I'm from North Carolina, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Anything with new in it, it's New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're from New York. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. It's not the first time I've heard it. Yeah. I actually met you a couple of weeks back in January. You mm-hmm. were here doing a um, show. Yes. How was it? Did you like it? I did. Uh, I performed at the 360 Lounge. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody that was at the 360 Lounge. And it was dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, I performed and, you know, it was um the crowd was pretty receptive to the music. Mm-hmm. But I can also tell, like, people out here are definitely more accustomed to the trap music. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like City. Trap City, you know what or I'm boom saying? Or Boom Pap. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And luckily, you know, I'm from an area where Boom Bap, you know, is mm-hmm. like the traditional rap. So, like, I had a lot of that in my set when I was performing. So, there were people showing love. There's people bopping their head. There's people, you know what I'm saying, getting my information, downloading my music while I was performing. That's dope, yeah. Yeah, so for me to never be in this, mm-hmm. never been in this city to get that type of, um, you know, receptive attitude from people it felt real good yeah you on your hustle though because we were there doing our own little thing for insole and you came and was like like what is going on like he was out there networking getting it yeah man that's me yeah you gotta love your work you gotta be true to it and like you definitely showed us so tell us a little background about yourself the intro about who is cr all right so for me i was like born and raised in elizabeth new jersey um i started rapping when i was um eight years old Okay. Start freestyling every day after school with my friends. You know what I'm saying? I didn't start off by writing, but I got into rap and I would listen and write down like lyrics from like Jay Z or 50 Cent mm-hmm. and I would memorize it and try to rap like them. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, a lot of people, whenever it's sports or if it's music, we start off by mimicking people we look up to. So that's exactly. how I kind of taught myself the cadences. I taught myself how to count bars. And from there, I just fell in love with rap music. Okay. But before I knew about rap music, uh-uh. I was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I was in sync. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know nothing about hip hop for real. So you wanted to be in a boy group. I didn't want anything to do with music <laughs> until I listened to rap. Like, I was okay. just, I just. Who was the artist that really drawed you in? Jigga. Of course. <laughs> of course. It was Jay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jay Z. Yep. I fell in love with his music. Actually, it was a bootleg that I listened to. Of course. Yeah. It was it was Jay Z and the Rock versus Fifty Cent and G Unit. Mm. So they had uh, songs from the Massacre with um, Fifty Cent's old. Was it one of those CDs you got at like the stores and stuff? Okay. You know, because all right, so. <laughs> It's real familiar. Yeah, so they'll have little stands or whatever. Like my uncle Stanley used to always go to Newark to pick up mixtapes and like mm-hmm. that's before, you know, mixtapes were digital. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He used to just get mad CDs. Out the trunk. Exactly. People sign them <laughs> out the trunk, had them on the tables. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, looking back on it, you know, it was unfortunate for the artist because, you know, bootlegging sucks. Right. For them. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? It didn't hold as much impact. Mm-hmm. As it did as like time started growing. Agreed. And then next thing you know, like streaming started coming up. I mean, we had to go past the LimeWire phase and all that. I but was on LimeWire, <laughs> getting all yes, types of illegal still music. music. <laughs> 
like even when I saw that penalty come up, ten years, I'm like, you know what? I'm a child. So what you gonna do? (laughs) I'm a minor. Right. I'll be out at 18. It's cool. I definitely feel you. I took those risks. Right. All day. So you said Jay-Z really influenced you. Your name Conscious Rap. Mm -hmm. Is it go along with the state of mind that we're in now with the quote unquote woke and we're just more aware of, you know, injustices and more for our culture, black culture? Is that the line with it or it's definitely in line with that. And I also wanted to make a note that I was calling myself conscious rap before being conscious was a trend. <laughs> a thing, yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I've been calling myself conscious rap since I was 16. Okay. You know, and I'm, I'm turning 27 this year. So okay. it's like, so I've been doing that because that's just who I am as a person. But what I can say is I didn't always reflect my mentality and my personality through my music. Okay. I had to grow into the character that is conscious rap. You know, starting off with my music, you know, I started really recording around the time Lil Wayne was hot. Right. So all I cared about was hot metaphors, adult flow. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted to be catchy, but I was still calling myself conscious rap. Okay. So for some people, it was confusing to be like, okay, you're conscious rap, but I don't feel like you're really reflecting that in your music. Right. So it wasn't until my most recent album, which is called Love, Peace, and Beats, that album right there was when I was able to really embody who conscious rap is and put it in musical form. Okay. So it was like through my lyrics and through my songs, I was able to articulate my philosophies through life and how I navigate being a black male in this, you know, westernized society. Okay. So there's a lot of things I talk about injustices, my personal battles with mental health, just, you know, things that I personally think are important to mention, even in music. You know what I'm saying? The, the battles I had with poverty. You know, all of that is in this album. It's just, um, it's a tapestry of, you know, me. So it took 11 years yeah. to get to the point where you're like, okay, the name aligns with what I'm doing yeah. and it's time to take off. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, I was also, when I first started rapping, because, you know, it's kind of a popularity thing. You kind of want to make mm-hmm. the music that people want to hear. Right. So it was like, yo, I was studying Tupac and Nas when I started rapping. So at first I was, you know, I was, but those were the songs I was recording that people didn't hear. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it wasn't until... You know, I'm so grateful for people like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. Right. You know what I'm saying? They because definitely changed they it. They changed the game and they made being conscious dope. Well, I kind of feel like they brought it back because you had common, was, most exactly. deaf people like yes, that that were I out agree. here and they had their time to shine. I agree. And then they got bombarded with, you know, the futures, the, the even the 50 cents and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. And that was been a huge thing. And so it was kind of hard for up and coming rapper like yourself to kind of be different yes. because it's like, well, is am I even listening to this yeah. anymore? You know, and you kind of get persecuted for being conscious back then because it was like, damn, nigga, mm-hmm. you trying to drop knowledge. I just want, you know what I'm saying? I just want to bump. Right, like, right. Like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? But I think for me, what, it, what, what helped is uh, trying to find a happy medium where, you know, I am, you know, providing, you know, substance, but I'm also making it mm-hmm. dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a lot of swag on my track, so I make them catchy. I don't, you know, I do simplify some of the points that I make in my music so it could be more uh, of a broader approach for people who are listening. Yeah, definitely you so. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to do that so everybody can hear it and enjoy it. But um, it's kind of like mixing up the medicine with the applesauce. You know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> I was like, wait, who does that? I'm like, I done that for my dog. It was with peanut butter. <laughs> but that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, that's my mentality. So your new album, Love, Peace, and Beast. Mm-hmm. I definitely checked it out on Spotify. Spotify is mm-hmm. my go-to. 
Yes. And <laughs> I, I, I'm still on Apple Music, but my girl, oh, you need crossover. Uh, you need the crossover. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but something about you iPhone users, y'all don't want to give it up. <laughs> I, I can't help it. <laughs> Wait, are you help- Android? <sighs> yes. Hey, Android. <laughs> <laughs> Right, come on over to Spotify. But one of the songs I absolutely love was No Heat. Damn, I really, really liked it. And like I said, like when I went through the playlist, and I definitely like heard, okay, this is conscious rap. Like I can Mm -hmm. listen to it. I'm pretty sure if I found like some old (laughs) tracks, I'm like, hold up, who is this? Who is this person? (laughs) But you know what? That's part of growth, though. You know, it's part of growth, growing into your identity and actually staying true to it. So my first couple episodes, I don't want to mind listening to it because it was horrible. Like everything about it was horrible. I understand. And like <laughs> so yeah, growth. yeah, it's all about growth. So, what are some of your favorite tracks from the album? From my album, mm-hmm. all right, it would definitely be "Thankful," "Orange Leaf," okay, which is the last track, and I also would have to say um, "Rest in Paradise" because that was one of the most personal songs I think I've ever like put on an album. Okay, like "Rest in Paradise," like it, it might not be a club banger, but it's like everybody can relate to that song. You gotta have that on your album. You gotta have that. Yeah, (laughs) everybody can relate to that song, and definitely Superhuman, which is the first track, Mm -hmm. because that's how I felt. Like I felt like I feel like a superhuman. Like music is the only thing that makes me feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the it's the highest that I can feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when I'm doing music, I honestly feel indestructible. Like it's crazy how I'll be super nervous about a performance until I'm actually on stage with a mic. Then after that, I literally am so comfortable. Like I talk to the crowd. It's like you know, it's like I've been doing it my whole life. Right. And it's just like you literally come to life. Come to life. Mm-hmm. It's like music. It's it's, a, it's something that's you know undescribable. To be very very honest, I stopped actually interviewing artists mm-hmm. <laughs> because a lot of them didn't make sense when they came on the show. And you could tell like, okay, what do you? What, what are you, you, what are you trying to get from this? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, do you really believe in yourself? And the only reason I was like, yeah, because when I met you, you was, hey, I'm doing a show. Y'all need to come check me out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And you were, you kept on it. You, I saw you promoting, like you doing stuff like that. So there is a difference between someone just wanting something because they just think it's cool and someone yeah. who's like, no, like this is my purpose. And that's yeah. a difference, you know? So what is the meaning between love, peace, and beats? Because the beast, let me tell you something. The beast is nice. <laughs> Shout out to Exotic. Yo, he's my producer. He produced uh, like 95% of that album okay like he's a great producer he's from elizabeth i've always been a beast girl when i was had my like gateway and stuff right. i just pretend like i was making beats and shit <laughs> <laughs> so funny. y'all better be afraid if i get me a desktop again <laughs> that's funny but um love peace and beast uh for me the reason i called the album love peace and beast is because those are the three things that i feel like in, in uh you know represent me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i i give love because i need love you know what i'm saying right. like that's just who i am like anybody who knows cr from jersey knows like i pull up to people's shows like i don't care if you're a well-known artist or if you're not if you're dope i'm gonna listen to your music and if it's good you know i'm right. going to promote it i'm gonna tell people about it you know what i'm saying because i'm genuine if i don't like it you're never gonna hear from me you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like that's just real you know what i'm yeah. saying and you know uh you know beats you know what i'm saying like peace like that's just me like music is a part of me peace is my mentality when you know when i'm doing music i'm in a peaceful mindset and that's all i'm about you know what i'm saying i'm not a confrontational person but at the same time i know how to defend me and defend people i care about but i am about peace i'd rather take the peaceful approach first that's right. just me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm a big dude so it's like i don't have to do much to intimidate some people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but that's not my mission you know what i'm saying my mission is to come and to be peaceful and to understand people like that's just me okay 
I can yeah. dig it. I so, can dig it. Love, peace, and beats, man. It's just <laughs> representing me. So now you talked a lot about um, some of the content behind the music. Um, one of the visuals that you're going to drop first is Ten Toes Down. Yes. And you spoke about it being, you know, related to Meek Mill, 21 Savage, some of the things that they're going through with the government and the system yeah. and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about that. All right. Well, first off, shout out to Heartbreak Poppy. He's um, on the hook and has a verse on there and shout out to sway who was the producer of that track funny thing is that particular song is actually the top streaming song on my album right okay now. like everybody loves that song and the crazy thing is that it wasn't even going to be on album the album was already recorded being mixed and getting ready to you know for me to release it online and then um, i actually met heartbreak um at a freestyle event and, you know, last minute I decided to freestyle and he, you know, he liked my confidence. He, he okay. appreciated that. So we connected and he helped me get on this record where I was actually challenging myself to mess with melodies a little more or whatever. So that's how that track came together. But the whole idea behind attaching it to prison reform, mm -hmm. it was already set in that song when he brought it to me. And okay. it was perfect because it felt like the universe was providing because it was something that I already knew mm -hmm. would be powerful or something that could be understood by a lot of people that are going through those situations so that song right there embodies some of the injustices that you know a lot of minorities deal with and not just black people yes. but hispanics as well mm -hmm. heartbreak poppy's dominican i'm haitian back home in our country they don't they're feuding you know right. there's, a, there's a huge colorism problem and even within the dominican community you know within that community they yeah. you know the light skin and dark skins they get they it's real each other. it's yeah. real like people have been murdered just because a haitian was in the dominican side of the island mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but i grew up in a very diverse area you know my hometown is roselle and i grew up with a lot of hispanic people so i got love for everybody and i appreciate everybody for being different you know what i'm saying like right. i don't think everybody should be the same i think we should embrace everybody's uh differences because that's what makes the world colorful and that's what makes the world beautiful so for me i'm the type of person where all right, you're totally different than me, but I still could be cool with you. Mm -hmm. And I can learn so much from you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So we connected, we created, um, you know, this record together. And, you know, the visual is going to be crazy because we're really, we already sat down and had a meeting with um, Juan, who's the videographer. Shout out to Juan. And... I don't want to give too much details because I, I want people to just, you know. Like, your smile is so big right now. Like, Because it's so much. It's so much that we're putting into this video to make it, like, it's going to be almost like a short film. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Even mm -hmm. the way we're going to present it, we're trying to premiere it at one of the theaters back home. Oh, nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's how hard we're going for this song because we really feel like this record will really embody the current political climate that we're in yeah you know i I'm mean saying? it's definitely timed perfectly yes and i feel like on top of that message that's behind it at the end of the day is a catchy record and that's what makes people listen mm -hmm. you have to find a way like i said to combine the both because mm -hmm. you can't just be one or the other you know what i'm saying you could be talking and dropping gems all day but if it's not appealing to the ear yeah nobody's going to listen so with this record it, it really embodies the direction i'm trying to go with my music where i'm taking a very, uh, you know, commercial sound, but putting an underground substance into mm -hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that way it can reach the masses more. I don't know why it's came to my mind, but you remember the song with uh, Common called Testify? Oh, I love I that mean, song. That's Taraji song, P. Henson yes, was in the music yes. video. And it kind of, like, when you were talking, like, you know, it's a message behind it, but it's catchy also. Like, everyone remembers that song Testify, but what he was saying in that so song real. was so real. And I love Common. I actually met him in Maryland University okay. when I was younger. 
He was super chill. That's a, it was. A yeah, I always yeah. love when I meet celebrities and they're like cool. It's yeah, like thank well, you, real people. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like you appreciate that. Definitely so, because yeah. you, you know the high head sometimes kind of like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna be like this. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's always the ones you least expect yes, too. So yeah, okay, I can't wait to see it. So where are you gonna be uh, having the viewing? Um, we're gonna be doing that at the Union Theater. We didn't okay. confirm it yet, right? But we're going to put it out there in the atmosphere. We're that out there, <laughs> Speaking you know to the universe will provide. Yes. So that's the goal is to have it at the Union Theater, um, in Union, New Jersey. Yeah. So like, we're gonna make it an event. You know, we'll provide some snacks and right. know, some drinks, <laughs> and we're gonna invite everybody in our network. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people who support us, people who you know talk about the video, and we're trying to have more than one premiere. Right? We'll probably have one at the theater and probably have one. At the Forever Mansion, which is where Heartbreak and his people, they have something called the Forever Cartel. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, it's out in Livingston. They they all stay at this really big house or whatever, and mm-hmm. called the Forever Mansion. It's really dope there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is dope. <laughs> it's dope. It's dope. So it's like, we probably do another premiere there, and no, just try to keep spreading the message however we can. Okay. Yeah. So you talked a lot about your past struggles and the things that has really, like, brought you to this point in your career and your music so what are some things that really stand out about your past that you know without a doubt influences what you are today um my relationship with my parents okay my parents uh both suffer from mental depression like Mm -hmm. father is a caregiver to my mom because she suffered from postpartum depression and eventually developed into a major depressive episode okay but in the recent you know past year or so you know i helped my mom get ect treatment which is electric convulsive treatment and that helped her kind of get more uh, stable. Mm-hmm. And now, she, you know, she's showing way more affect. You know, she cracks jokes. She's being more of herself. Beautiful, so yeah. it's like things have progressed. You know what I'm saying? But it was very difficult dealing with that because I am an only child. Me too. Yeah, shout out to the only child <laughs> right. the children out there. But, um, struggle, man. It is a struggle. That shit's lonely, dog. It really is. <laughs> that shit, that shit this is a whole different time, tell you. It is different, bro. That shit and we ain't talking about the half brothers and half sisters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, legit, only children is it's the, the world that you, one. I don't know. So, yeah, man, growing up with my parents and seeing the difficulties that they dealt with within their relationship and also dealing with the financial challenges that came with them because they are um, from Haiti. Mm-hmm. And when they moved out here, I felt like, you know, they got caught up in, you know, pop culture. They got caught up in, you know, having fun and, you right. know, you know, cause it's a new country. Right. It's exciting. You know, I'm not mad at them, but they didn't take the time to really get the financial education that they needed to solidify a good future. So it was like, you know, growing up with that, you know, it was totally different how I grew up as a child to how I was in my teenagers. Cause when I was a kid, being the only child was the best. Cause okay. mommy and daddy were both working. <laughs> they was buying me hella toys. Right. I was getting anything and everything flies I wanted. Flyers what? I was fly as hell. I used to be wearing suits, bro. I'm talking about, yo, my dad had me in suits i was like six years old in a suit i am okay i'm in with a it suit like my dad had me sharp that's a next level fly I wait. that's what i'm saying like i was bougie too yo okay. i used to tell my cousin like get off me what are you touching me for like you, you know, dirty I, you know I, was, I ain't gonna lie i was a little asshole <laughs> like, i was yo i was and i felt like you know everything happens for a reason because then going into my teenage years or my preteen years that's when more financial difficulties started happening between my parents. And that's when it started trickling down. And, you know, I didn't start getting the toys anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to start going to pay less for my sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was just like, dang, like to have that and then to come to this, it was mm-hmm. just like, damn, this shit sucks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the same time, it humbled me and it made me realize a lot about the world and how things work. And mm-hmm. that, you know what I'm saying? You just have to, you know, got to hustle for the things that you want out of life. People, you shouldn't be entitled. And I feel like that's one of the biggest problems in our society. So many people are entitled. 
You know what I'm saying? That's so, a word. Yeah. So that's why I'm grateful for the struggles that I've been through because it's made me such a humble person and so down to earth. Like, I can't regret the things that I've been through, but it was hard. It was difficult. Yeah. You know, dealing with that, it put so much stress on me that I even have been dealing with my own uh, depression. You know, in 2012, I was diagnosed with manic depression. So I have a bipolar disorder. So for me, I felt like, you know, there was a point in time where I was going through so much. Like, I remember I had my first anxiety attack. I didn't even know what that was. Right. I didn't know anything about mental health. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I literally didn't know anything until I got older and it started affecting me. And I did my own research and it even inspired me to become a psych major when I went to college. And that's what gave me the ultimate knowledge that I needed so I can learn about myself and how to deal with myself. Yeah, when I had my first anxiety attack, I was like 15. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, and then what happened after that? I started smoking weed and drinking because like, I didn't know what else to do to make myself feel right. better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, like, I grew up in a household where, you know, it's a Caribbean household. Dad's really strict. He didn't want me to go anywhere. They didn't want me to do anything. Right. So when I decided to rebel, that's what I was doing. I was running the streets with my friends, was drinking, was smoking, but it would help me get away from the anxiety. It helped me get away from the depression that I was dealing yeah. with at home. In the reality. In the reality. Yeah. Like, I was living a dream when I was in high school. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, I really was just having the time of my life just... It was like it was like a Disney Channel type of thing for me. Like seriously, I went to prom, I did all that stuff. I, you know, what I'm saying I played football. Like I just wanted to have fun. That's all I really cared about because I was hurt. I was hurting so bad. Right. So all I wanted to do was have fun. The turning point happened when well one day I came home and um there was a padlock on my door. Mm -hmm. Right. I was the summer of my junior year going into my senior year of high school and I just had a rough day that day. Yo, I actually just got in a fight with with a with a crip dude from my neighborhood and you know. Not for nothing. I did fuck him up. Right? <laughs> I did. I, I fucked him up, but he threatened to kill me. <laughs> okay, like, that's a rough yeah, day. Yeah. So he was just like, yo, I'm going to get the ratchet, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, talking all that bullshit. And I was just like, yo, it was over, man. We did what we had to do, whatever. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Rough-ass motherfucking day. I got some <laughs> blood on my knuckles, and I'm saying, clothes is red. I'm just trying to go home. So I pull up to my house. I walk up the stairs. There's a fucking yellow notice on the door and a padlock. And I can't even get inside the house. My parents wow. were nowhere to be found. And the nigga just went shopping. I had some sneakers. I had, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had some, some, right. some drip. I had some drip in the crib. So I was just like, dang, like, I was really hurt, though. Like, I cried yeah. when that happened because I was just so frustrated. That's your foundation. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, once that happened, like, I literally was homeless. Like, I was staying at different friends' houses. I was, I was living in a lot of different places. You know what I'm saying? Ultimately, I ended up living with one of my close friends, Daniel Okai. And his family took me in and they helped me learn about financial literacy. They taught me how to apply for college. I, college wasn't a reality for me at that right. point. It was just like, yo, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going to live. Like, I work at Kmart. Like, what the fuck? What am yeah. I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was so much to deal with at 17. You know what I'm saying? I can only imagine, yeah. I, and, I, and you have no brothers or sisters. You have yeah. nobody to guide you to tell you, all right, this is what you got to do so you can get this together like you literally figuring out your own literally had to figure one out mistake at a time <laughs> one mistake at a time like that's the thing about being an only child is that you don't get the opportunity to observe and learn from mm -hmm. others as much like you're a pioneer in everything you do like you literally got to make mistakes all yeah. the time like i've made so, so many mistakes okay you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh so i understand many mistakes. but at the end of the day i always made sure i would be the type of person to learn from those mistakes you know what i'm saying i you know i'm not proud of it but yeah i've been arrested you know what i'm saying i've been behind cop cars one too many times luckily i have a clean record and all that stuff happened when i was a minor mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i said i was running the streets and doing shit i didn't need to be doing because i was hurt 
And because when you need that sense of belonging, you're going to go to the people who are accepting you. And yeah. If niggas on the street, you want to. That's where you're going to go. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty incredible story. Okay. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it was a lot, man. It was a lot. And, you know, despite through all those things, like, I am proud of myself because I always took school seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still graduated with a 3.4 GPA. I still got a scholarship to go to my county college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then while I was there, I graduated from my county college. And then I ended up getting another scholarship to go to Jersey City University. So I was always a hustler. Like, regardless if it was getting money, it was doing music or getting good grades. I knew I had to work harder than the dude next to me because I Mm -hmm. had nobody helping me. I knew that I had nobody to fall back on. Like, my life wasn't going to get better unless I made it better. Mm -hmm. And that was just my reality. And once I accepted that and took that challenge, that's when I was able to really succeed. Okay. And so through it all, music has always been yes, always been there. Yeah. And you said before when you were younger that you really wasn't into it. So during the time when things really started getting real in your life, that's when music yes. really started being prominent. Yes. I remember um, one of the hardest uh, years of my life, 2012, was the first time I was institutionalized. Because mm-hmm. I, I was so stressed. I was working two jobs. I was in school. I was in a fraternity. And I was on part of an independent label. Yeah, that's a lot. All of that because I was afraid of failing. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that I would fall on my ass and not be anything. So I worked overtime, but it wasn't health. I wasn't getting no sleep. I was stressed. Telling my old memoirs. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for real, it's yeah. Real shit. So it's like one time, you know, once I got hospitalized, you know, I was in there for so long. I lost my job. Didn't have any money. Came back out. And the only thing that made me feel better was recording music. And it was off of my USB microphone and my laptop. It was a rinky-dink old, like, Windows laptop or whatever. Hey. But it worked. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I just recorded. That's when I realized how powerful music is for me. And it, it, it literally is, um, it keeps me healthy. I do music because it makes me healthy. It keeps my mind going. It gives me a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, honestly, it's like, without music, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, my life wouldn't mean anything. But it's like, yo, if I didn't have music, I I, I really probably wouldn't care about my life like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, just the yeah. truth. Like, it's it's kind of sad because it's like I don't I'm not afraid of a lot of things and that's scary because at the same time you you really don't give a fuck when you have that mentality you know what I'm saying <laughs> right. that's why I took so many risks in my life because I, I really wasn't afraid I just didn't care but music is something I care about something I don't want to lose so it's just like I have a purpose yeah. yeah so how would you define yourself in the new wave of hip hop you know because it's like mm-hmm. nowadays we have different genres subgenres of hip hop like how would you Define yourself. I want to start a new genre called Conscious Trap. Okay, Conscious Trap. Conscious Trap. Now, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who'll be right there with you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I really want to pioneer that genre. And like I said, it would be a lot of records like Ten Toes Down, where it's Mm -hmm. like, yo, it's it's, it's a trappy sound, but it's got some real lyrics. Like, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I can still appreciate artists like Future because sonically he's amazing. His melodies are dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but his message is just... It's off. His, right. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. His messages are way off. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's like, I do appreciate his creativity and right. his delivery, his swag. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think as an artist, yeah, he's dope, but he's not a role model. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, no. He's not. <laughs> but he's not trying to be. You know it's what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's why it's like, music is something different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't count that out for people. It's like, yo, if that's how you use music, that's how you use music. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's for everybody. I love J. Cole's new um, song, Middle Child, because mm-hmm. I really feel like it, it speaks to being a child trying to come up in your own and literally making 
a new path for yourself because I mean I know there was others before J. Cole but during that time like I remember him struggling on BET's side stage just trying to get his little one or two minutes you know it's so true and I respect the hell out of J. Cole Mm because he's so talented and he never switched up never he never switched up like he didn't come out as one type of artist and went to another type of artist and now me like he was yeah time and it was like, yo, I'm going to keep spitting this shit until y'all fuck with right, it. Right. And it was like, yo, you can tell that was his mentality. It was just like, yo, I respect this guy. Yeah. Yo. I love J. Cole. Definitely yeah, definitely so. Five. So, okay. Top five. Name them. All right. Jay-Z. Okay. Nas. All right. Drake. Okay. <laughs> J. Cole. Kendrick Lamar. Okay, come on. First of all, everybody always chuckle when you say Drake. But who cannot name I, Drake I as like an artist, though? My, look, Uh-oh. My, yes, Uh-oh. She be hating on Drake, bro. Oh, man. Yes. She be hating. <laughs> We got, got his girlfriend on the side. She's like, uh-uh, I ain't with she it. She be hating, bro. Oh, man. I'm, I love Drake. I'm a fan of Aubrey. <laughs> Aubrey Graham. <laughs> I think he's nice. I respect Aubrey. Like, one thing I can't say is, like, yes, his style is very fluid. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I don't like when he does put on that um, crazy Caribbean accent. <laughs> right. I'm not going to lie. I can understand why some people kind of feel some type of way that. But, but musically, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Musically. Yo, he's a genius. He's mastered his sound. You know what I'm saying? He definitely has. His pen is crazy. Um, like anyway. So, like I said, his pen is crazy. I know on certain records, you know, a lot of when you get to a certain level, everybody gets a little help. But if you listen to his progression, like from beginning yeah. to where he yeah, is yeah. now, he he knows how to write. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And he's written for a lot of other artists. So I like that. I like his. I like the way that he's um been able to like do his hooks and his consistency is the biggest thing I respect. Like, yo, he's been number one for like. More almost more than ten years now. Yeah, he. I mean, like, he's been consistent. He's been consistent. You know what I'm saying? Even like, though I feel like last year he put out way too much. Like he need to slow yeah, down a little bit. Like last okay. year he did put out. A lot me? Of music. He was kind of saturated. I do. Yeah, agree he was that. trying to overlook the whole baby thing. Like yeah. he he knew it was coming, so yeah. he was just like, "Let me hear some songs. Yeah. Take them." Like, Take them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like oh, I can't help it. And not only that, but I feel like his personality. I feel like I would literally get along with Drake. Yeah. Like I would I would crack jokes with him because I feel like he's. He's a cool dude, but I feel like deep down he's still a little geeky, a little Yeah, dirty. he's but very like relatable, that. yeah. But exactly, he's really relatable. Like, he thinks like a regular person, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like that, I see that in him. But on the other side, a lot of people see the materialism, they see the commercial mainstream right. side. So, I could get that. But it's like, for me, I, I look past that. Yeah, and if I feel like if you've been aware of his music from the beginning yes. it's kind of like but did you see the come That's up though like, <laughs> like if you listen to his whole discography it's like how do you not like drake bro? i can tell her face is so funny right it's now. her bro we different people <laughs> it is what it is she likes some artists that i'm raising my eyebrows at you know oh so. yeah i i'm trying to get with the, the new wave of young kids with the colored hair and face tattoos and stuff i mean some songs are really catchy some like uh what tatiana tatiana yeah Blueface. I hate, right oh, i'm not gonna say hate Dislike. I'm not a big fan of artists like Blueface, but I'm not, not going to lie. That, that song, song is catchy. catchy. It's very it's catchy. catchy. <laughs> she don't listen to radio like that. It's really, it's a catchy <laughs> song. I had never heard it until, what was it? Uh, one of those like Facebook little meme thingies. Like it was a song yes. that was like bust down. I was like, hold on, what is this? Let me go find it. <laughs> you know? But Yo. it's just, and I hate, and I hate to like listen to him. You I'm hate like, to like it, right? I'm almost 30. I shouldn't be listening to no little boy with tattoos all over his face and calling it like, I shouldn't be doing it, but here I am, busting it down, Tatiana. Bust down, Tatiana. That's really catchy. It's really catchy. 
attachment makes me so mad. Like, low-key, I'm a huge 21 Savage fan. I am too, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. When I tell y'all I'm in a mood, I'm like, oh, I'm going to road trip. 21 Savage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like 21. Yeah. But I can say, right, I've actually became a bigger fan when I watched his interview on The Breakfast Club. Mm. I didn't know he was such an introspective person. Like, he is aware of himself. Yeah. He is aware of his intelligence. Like, he actually is a intelligent person. You know what I'm saying? That's why when the the evidence came out of him being from the UK, I'm like, oh, mm. it makes sense, yeah, you know? You know and then his daddy being a doctor. And then, like, there people in Reed, like, found all these old pictures of him with, like, very reputable, like, African scholars and stuff. I'm like, huh. That's okay. That's Interesting. I mean, it's the same as like two chains, you know? Yes, His upbringing. Ch- but he, he played ball. He went to college. college all right. Okay. Like, he, he know his stuff. I mean, we can even talk about T.I. and his hood yeah, education. You know Look what I mean? He's a big T.I. fan. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but I mean, it's, I'm glad that nowadays we can show so many sides of rap. Yes. So many sides of hip hop. Because yes. before it was just, okay, if you're a rapper, you have to be from a the hood, drug a drug dealer, and that's all you were. You wild. know what I mean? And nowadays, it's like, no, like, I'm, I'm have a stable background. I have two-parent household, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to rap this song for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know and saying? it's like, it's different, and yeah. it's a good it's a good time now to come as an artist. It yeah, really is, because you never know where you can get your fan base from. I agree. And you can do it being you. And that's the key. It's like, you got to be you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because... I don't know. I feel like the truth is is always going to sell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how I feel. Like Because, you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, the, the artists who are projecting themselves to be something that they're not, mm-hmm. they might be hot for a little bit, but, you know, after a while, you know, that bullshit disappears. You know I mean, it's just Only like, what, 69, 69, whatever the name is. Who? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're talking about Takashi. Right. He's done. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> he's done. done. On two different levels. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's but, done. Like, but, you know, it also makes me think of Jay-Z. Of how he came out, how he started, mm-hmm. and who he is today. Nah, like, evolved. he is transformed, transformed, you know? And it's kind of like, did, was that always in there? Or I was feel just, like it was. I feel like it was I too. I feel like it was because even because, like, I was a big Jay Z fan and there was always wisdom in his lyrics. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he observed the hood differently. That's why people respect Hove because he looked at it very objectively. And he just moved differently. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And He's always moved as a boss. Like a boss. Always. And it was like, I don't know, like, it was like, the thing about him, like, he did talk a lot of shit because he's from Brooklyn. He's going to talk a lot of shit. But it's something about him where his confidence, you can tell, is also internal. Mm-hmm. And I respect people who have an internal confidence because you can rah-rah all day. You know what I'm saying? But he had to because he was a silly looking dude. To. Yeah, he had <laughs> to know? talk that shit. Yeah, yeah and, and believe it. Like, and believe listen, it. Yeah, he spoke with conviction. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so it's definitely nice to see him transform into the man that he is yeah. now, and I can't yeah. wait to see in ten He's years. He's an activist now. Yes, like, you know yes. Like, Low the, key, like the drug him and from Marcy. him and Beyonce been sliding people help underneath the That's table. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like they really are making a difference. Like they're doing their best to make a difference in society. I respect that. Yeah, definitely so. Hey guys, Miss J here. And I just want to say thank you for listening to Community Tuesdays and supporting Inso Media. If you haven't, please make sure you like, rate, follow, comment, whatever you need to do to let me know that you're listening. And also, make sure you let us know what you thought of the show. As always, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook or even Twitter, Inso Media. 
So when it comes to you making your net worth, mm-hmm. I talked about before how you're networking, you don't care, walk up, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I see it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, come support me. Where does that come from? Because I know as a person that's in media, like sometimes I get a little shy and I don't want to, you know, approach or sometimes I'm just kind of like hesitant a bit. Is it just a drive to be great? It's like, you know what, put all that to the side, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say um, for me, Yes, it is always a drive to be great that pushes me to step out of my comfort zone. But also, like, my first job was a sales job. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I told you, I had to work. I always, I've been working since I was 16. Mm-hmm. So, like, I worked in the mall. That was my first job, working at Zoomies. And I had to, you know, I had to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? We worked off commission. We had a, a base um, pay, but we also worked off commission. So, like, I've always practiced talking to people. And I've always been a personable individual where right. I like speaking to people you mm-hmm. know I'm genuinely interested in other human beings you know what I'm saying like I like people so it's like for me it comes naturally like I never had a problem making friends mm-hmm. I never had a problem you know really expressing myself like you know what I'm saying so it's like for me it came naturally but learning how I could take that and apply it to something that can grow into something profitable or something you know successful that's when I was just like okay I gotta fine-tune this skill so that means I got to learn how to talk to people I've never met before. I got to mm. talk to not just black people. I got to talk to white people. I got to talk to Spanish okay. people. I got to talk Anybody to Asian listen. people. Anybody who's going to listen. So it's like I literally just challenge myself to always be uncomfortable. I feel like a lot of times people, we we as you know a uh, human race, we get comfortable and we don't challenge ourselves and we stay stagnant. Mm. I'm not like that. That's I like to, word. Yeah, yes. I, like, I like to challenge myself. I like to be uncomfortable because I know that's where growth comes from. Mm-hmm. That's definitely very true. So when it comes to your business, mm-hmm. how do you handle your business? Like, how do you get yourself to have, you know, 13 so thousand followers? And how do you, like, create this fan base and make sure you let you know, like, I'm on the right track, you know? There's no shortcuts. That's one. Mm. It's 80% of success is showing up. And I've been to so many events that I didn't want to be at. But I met so many people I needed to know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. That's really where it came from. It was like, yo, I've consistently have gone out. And what you saw me do, I've been doing since I said I want to do rap. Mm. I've gone out to a mall and gave out business cards to random people, had great conversations with random people. Like networking, I really feel is my gift. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because any city I go to, I end up meeting people. And like I said, it's not just me. I feel like the universe truly provides. Right. I just happen to cross paths with people who are able to like see my vision and connect with me. Like how I met you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was random. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Random to us, but not random to the universe. Very true. So it was like we crossed paths. I saw you guys doing your thing. We were doing our thing. I had my guy from Black Fox News filming us. I saw y'all filming. I was like, what they doing over there? So I was just like, you know, I was curious. I was like, what y'all doing? And then we ended up connecting and yeah. everybody in our groups were all talking. That's to me, it's just like, you know, I look at every individual person, like there's a, like unlimited possibilities of who that person yeah. is and what can happen if we just had one good conversation. Mm, I like that. People really need to take that and I need to take that and use it's it. True. <laughs> it's just true. Like that's why I, it, that's just how I look at it. It's just, I don't know. But I do have, I do, because I consider myself an ambivert because I am an extrovert, but I do get to a point where I don't want to mm. be around people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I get to a point where it's like, yo, the only person I'm trying to be around is her. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, I don't like, I do get to a point where I don't want to talk to anybody. And then I, I try to fight that sometimes because sometimes I need to get out of that to be at those events or to, right. be, you know, you have to be there. Mm-hmm. You have to network. 
you know, it's, it's part of the game. It, it definitely is. It and is. then sometimes it is taking some inner strength and just be like, okay, I'm going to come yeah. here for three hours. And after three hours, I'm going to leave. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. th- that's me. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. And it also came from showing love to other people who are in my industry. You know what I'm saying? Entertainment um, overall. Because it's like not just artists, but like somebody who has a podcast, somebody who's a videographer, somebody who's a photographer. Every time I meet somebody who has a creative ability, I try to find a way to support that mm-hmm. if they're good at it. Mm. That's my only thing. You got to be good at what you do. <laughs> right. I'm not going to support you if you're not good. I'll tell you, like, maybe you should do this. and I'll give you some constructive criticism right. because I genuinely want other creative people to get better at yeah. it if they truly love it. But if you're not good at it, I'm not going to pretend. Go out That's my way, me. yeah. That's not me. I'm genuine. If it's dope, <laughs> I got you. If it's not, I'm like, maybe you should work on it. <laughs> Holla at me. Holla at me. Well, you yeah, got I that right. I can help you. you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to keep your integrity and your quality. I agree. Um, that's something that I had to learn for myself. And I'm sure many people in business or creatives, you sometimes you just take whatever somebody gives you. Oh, come on. Oh, I'll do it. You know, and then you realize, like, what am I doing here? I'm not, I'm not for this. Like, I, I went past the stage. Like, this is like three years ago when yeah. I'm trying, you know? Exactly. So it's definitely true that, you know, open yourself up for opportunity, but also realize every opportunity isn't a must. It's not. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn because I used to overbook myself. Uh-oh. Trying to be everywhere all the time. And you burn out. And then when the right opportunity come, you don't have no juice for it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to learn that, and I'm implementing that now, <laughs> you know, thanks to some great people in the world. Get that shot out. <laughs> I won't put a government out there, you know. His my, baby boo. My baby, my girl, you know, she, she she really does support me, though. Like, she gives me a lot of good advice because she can speak about it objectively, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because we're in two totally different industries. She's in the finance industry, and you know, I'm in the music industry, so she can give me an honest opinion because regardless of what industry you're in, you need balance. Yeah. You know yeah, definitely saying? so. You can't overdo it. And that's what I was trying to do because I think personally it's because, you know, patience is another thing I had to learn because I'd be trying to, like, work so hard, think it's going to make shit come faster. So I'm like, maybe if I work really, really hard, really fast, everything will come really fast. Listen, it might be only child things. I'm the same <laughs> way. <laughs> I am the same exact way. It's just like, okay, this week I'm going to do 10 things. <sighs> Bruh, and it's just like what you gotta go to work life, you, what, what are you doing <laughs> and it's, i don't even factor in sleep sometime and then all of a sudden all i'm doing is factoring yeah. sleep and it's just like listen i'm tired i don't know which one y'all want you're right, you're right. <laughs> you want really- content you want me to be okay <laughs> i don't know what you want <laughs> like- <laughs> it's true it's so true and i had to learn how to slow down and take care of myself first like just put myself as a priority and mm. when i say myself i mean my health my mental health my physical health I make sure I go to the gym and make sure I get sleep. I try to make sure I eat my three meals a day, make sure I drink a lot of water. Because mm-hmm. all those small things are what give you the energy to be great. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also a misconception by a lot of uh, people who are leaders in, in, in our industries. They kind of project that they don't sleep. Yes. They project that yes. they don't rest. They don't, have, they're like, like, like they're robots. Mm-hmm. And it's so unrealistic. You know what I'm saying? And everyone's trying to get to that point. Well, well you know, Cardi said she didn't sleep for three months. So I'm going to go six. Gassing, and it's like, what? No, bro. what? They be gassing, man. You can't do nothing without rest. You can't do nothing without nah. taking care of yourself. And I had to experience that to realize because. I'm not going to lie. One of the things that will always bother me is like, yeah, I'd be sitting in my bed thinking, damn, Diddy said you shouldn't be sleep right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 
trying to be like Diddy. It's so up. real though. Yeah. I have a split shift job, so literally I go in from five a.m. to nine a.m. break, and then I come back from three to six thirty. And so most of the times, like after I get off in the afternoon, I stay over and do like some work on the podcast or go out to an event, support some people, and then like I start seeing these posts like, "Well, if you take like two hours out of your sleep time just to work on your uh on your business or what you want to do," so I'm like, "I mean, I guess you know, like it's nine o'clock, so that means it's eleven. I only get four hours of sleep. I gotta get up before thirty, you know, like." And I literally tried that for a couple of months, and I'm just like, "Yo, I gotta go to sleep. Like y'all tripping." And so it's like, okay, well now I need to utilize the time I have in between. Okay, yes. so I go to Panera. Don't be at home. Just go somewhere else and work on something. Yeah. And when six thirty come, girl. 8.30, how you butt in the bed? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that doesn't to. make sense. Like, yeah, how am I, I going to be a resource for someone else if I can't be a resource for myself? The lack of sleep, the lack of eating healthy, all that kind of stuff, it weighs on your mental. And it's like, emotionally, next thing you know, you break it down physically. When I tell y'all last year, I twisted my ankle five times. Five, and there was no reason for it. I can walk. I can walk for just fine. Oh, man. But it was just one of those things where it was just like one of those years where I just wanted to make something happen so man. bad and I didn't learn my patience. Man. Like, it's baby steps, honey. Like, none man. of this happens overnight. No matter what Cardi say, yeah. <laughs> like, it so does not true. happen overnight. Because yeah. even her, you know, when we think about like Cardi B, like, it's like, even though she was quote unquote, everybody liked to say she was a stripper, but she was meeting people. Mm-hmm. As she was doing that mm-hmm. job, she was meeting people. She was building her repertoire of people mm-hmm. like I can call on when it's mm-hmm. time to be. And next thing you know, she's on Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. Two years, whatever else. And it took about two years to really get put on with the music. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's that? Seven years right there. You know what I mean? And so time. people try to make the stuff happen within two years, a year, and mad when it doesn't happen. It's like, and that's myself included. Like, I'm preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like, it's when you base a lot of things on social media, it can create this feeling of I'm not enough I'm not doing enough and I'm never gonna be enough you know and so it's just like no you have to like hone it in yes I'm doing the best that I can. This is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all you're going to get mm-hmm. until I get to the next step. So, I mean, it really is, I don't want to say a struggle, but it is a process. It is a process. When you're doing something for yourself, when, especially when you're doing something like this. Yeah. With music, with media, with just putting yourself out there and be like, take me. You and know? then social media is inevitable for you when you're in this mm-hmm. industry. So it's like, you know, the dangers that come from being addicted to social media, you are completely vulnerable to Yeah. That. Like, I know I'm addicted to like Instagram, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To Facebook, like my I, thing is Facebook. Yeah, I love Facebook. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like it's, I love it. So it's like <laughs> I'm addicted to those things, and it's like I have to be aware of that. So like a lot of times, like I try to just put my phone away. Yeah. Like when I really have to focus on what I'm, whatever it is, like I'm doing in real life, mm-hmm. I take my phone. I literally just like I'll probably hit my girl, be like, "Yo, babe, I'm about to do X, Y, Z." She'd be like, "All right, cool." She never sweat me about it, and then I just put my phone away, and I might be not on my phone for like the next two, three hours. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's because I need that break. I need to literally put my phone down yeah. and walk away from it because it's so addictive. Cell phone it is, is so it is. You know what I'm saying? And um, like the thing about social media too is that we forget that we're looking at everybody's highlights. Yes. We're not looking at the real behind life. the scenes. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? So I had to also be conscious of that because I did catch myself feeling, you know, not worthy or not good enough because I was mm. comparing myself to a lot of other artists. Like I have friends, like people I grew up with, like one of my best friends that I was four years old, 
he just went viral on Instagram. Like uh-huh. he last year had like two or three thousand followers. Now he has over a hundred thousand followers. Wow. He was doing like he does a lot of like um like uh like memes and like funny videos. Uh-huh. And he works hard. You know he, he does a lot. Like they really work. They have meetings and everything to create these videos. He's getting like twenty thousand views per video. Right. Like he's but it's all organic. Like. And it's like, you look at that, and you're just like, damn, what do I got to do to get mm-hmm. that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm out here putting in my my blood, sweat, and tears into my content. And it's like, what what do I got to do to get that type of attention? Exactly. And then it was just like, you know what? I can't think like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't think like that because then it's going to kill me, and it's going to kill my motivation, and I'm going to feel Absolutely. easily discouraged. Absolutely. So now I use social media the way I think it should be used. And I use it to just show my work and what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. And then I get right back to real life. Yeah. You know, I make a post. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. This was coming out. I use it to promote myself, my business, you know, my colleagues. And then I get back to real life. Because what I realized is the success really matters about what you're doing offline, not online. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Who are you meeting? Who are you sitting in offices with? Who are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that mentality made me feel better about myself because then it brought me back to realizing, wait, networking is your gift. Yeah. That's what you're good at. Keep meeting people. That's what's going to get you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, comparison is like the devil. It's the devil. You should I mean, yeah, you definitely never compare yourself. And that's something that I learned myself because there's so many like opportunities. And I'm like, man, why well, I ain't getting invited for that? Why well, ain't it? It's just like, but were you there though? Like, yeah. did you put yourself in that space to get the opportunity? Right. So, you know, even if someone has a hundred followers, but every time you turn around, they're getting that opportunity that you want. That's something that you're missing. You yeah. know what I mean? So, it, I mean, it's a learning. It's a learning, it's, it's a learning process each yeah. and every time. And I, like you said about the IG thing, I was going through, scrolling through, like the whole of settings and stuff. And it said, I am, I am on IG an hour and a half each day. And I didn't even realize it. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I go in there and click off. I'm like, but damn, how many times do I do that though? I, I, is, it accumulates. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, I'm getting that down. Like, it's I have true. to get that down. Like, there's been times where I caught myself checking my phone. So it's it's so embedded into my subconscious. I didn't even realize it. Until right. I'm like, hold up, why am I on my, my phone? phone? When I was waiting for y'all, <laughs> when I tell you, I went live on Facebook. And I'm alive on IG. Yo. But guess what? I was on Facebook on a computer too. And I realized it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at my phone yo. online. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm on Facebook too. Like, yo, this gotta stop. And it's just, it's one of, and it wasn't like I'm looking for anything. It was just out of fun. Yeah. But it's just like certain times, like on Monday morning, that's when everybody hits you with all the stuff they've been doing. Mm-hmm. This is how my weekend was. Mm-hmm. This is who I've been working with. And it's just like, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like, well, dang, I'm gonna post something too. You know, <laughs> and it's just like we have that culture where if it's not on social media, it ain't real. Yeah, and it's so untrue. It's so untrue. Because even the most we hear this all the time. Even the most successful people with the most money, you're not going to see them doing everyday things that most people are doing. You don't see, you know, Bill Gates walking around with Gucci belts. Mm-mm. You don't see them posting on Facebook and Instagram all the time. Oh, I'm overseas. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, stunt. Like they they're don't do that. They're living their life. They're living their life and they putting in that work. <laughs> yeah, they're putting in that work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I realized that, and you know, one of the biggest things that helped me realize that was when I used to like, you know, go to parties and stuff, and I would see like groups of females like in a group and then they'd be on their phones mm-hmm. not even interacting with not each even other interacting mm-hmm. not even really having fun mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. but then you check out their story or you follow them on instagram it looks like they having the time of their yes. life yes i actually had the same scenario happen mm-hmm. there was this festival came to charlotte great idea <laughs> of a festival mm-hmm. but it wasn't executed properly and i'm i'm there in person like been there the whole day i'm looking like 
man, this, this need to hurry up. Come on, you know? And then I go on my Instagram and I see people who are there talking about, I'm having the best time of my life. I'm, I'm like, are you, you gotta be lying right now. And for two or three days, that's all they posted. Like, oh, this is the best thing that happened in Charlotte. This was so lit. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. did I miss something? Was that the wrong place? Like, come on now. Support is one thing, but don't lie about it. Like, don't lie about it. Because people going to be like, well... Wasn't it about four or five hours late? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And those times, that's when people really do it for the ground. Yeah, and it's just like, I wouldn't have just posted anything. Like, I didn't post anything because it didn't turn out to be as successful as they hoped. But I'm not going to bash you or, you know, on social media, but I'm not going to say hype you up either because mm-hmm. you need to know. Yeah. You need to hear some silence. <laughs> like, Honestly. so, you know, yeah. sometimes you need to, to yeah. hear that. So it's like, okay, I didn't do better next time. So, I mean, social media, all of that kind of stuff definitely goes into the climate that we have now as far as our society so but there is the other side to it too where like honestly like yo because of my instagram people have come out to my events people have supported my music people have told me like something that constantly happens where i'm from like in my town like i'll be anywhere in, in union county and like somebody will recognize me, the first thing they say is, "Yo, I've seen what you, the work you've been doing online." Keep it up. And you know that. what? That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. It really does, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna depend on that to be motivated, but I'm not gonna discard it either. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Everyone needs to feel appreciated. Yeah, and it, just that yeah. one hint of love can yeah. be like, "Damn, okay, I'm gonna keep going." Exactly, because mm-hmm. that honestly does motivate me. There's artists that honestly reach out to me through my instagram and we end up doing collaborations or i'll come out to a show it's like yo like there is the other side to it where it does affect my real life you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like offline these are people that actually come out to see me that really support me so it's just like i appreciate that yeah definitely so so if you guys have you need to check out love peace and beast it's definitely a bangers i love the songs that you have on there can't wait to see the visuals for it how you enjoy charlotte Second yeah. time around. I love Charlotte. I think the people out here are dope. You know what I'm saying? The food is great. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, the food is like, good. <laughs> we've been cooking since we've been here this trip. But the first trip, I went to Midnight Diner. Okay, yeah. I went to Waffle House. I went to Cookout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When this ends, I'm going straight to Cookout. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yo, like, it's dope out here. I love Charlotte. And, like, I don't know. The vibe is great, man. People are really friendly out here. Like, you know, I'm from Jersey where people don't smile like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they really don't. It's very clicky in New Jersey. You know, so it's just, it's refreshing to be around people who are open to talk and just people are really polite. Collaborate, like, yeah. Yeah, people are really polite, yo. Like, it's, it's the small things like, damn, yo, thanks for holding that door. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I appreciate you, yo. Thanks so for dead. not cut, Yo, another thing, y'all don't cut people off like that for real. Like, for real? Yo, for me. For my so compared to New Jersey, <laughs> oh though, okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm comparing it to New Jersey. Man, I remember I told y'all about my experience in New York. We were walking, and mm. I remember like the light had just turned green, and this guy like wailed on his horn. Now I'm just like, the minute it turns green, if <laughs> you minute, if you ain't hitting that gas, you are gonna hear like three different right. Horns. And it was this guy like this long line, and he was just in the back just going crazy. I'm just like, <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Like you cannot go anywhere without it. them. I hear you. So yeah, I can understand yes. that. I, I'm with so you on in that. comparison, yeah, <laughs> I don't mind driving out here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all do got some crazy drivers though. Yeah, we do. Yes. Probably was me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so before I leave, I always ask my guests to give everyone some words of wisdom and motivation to keep them going and feel inspired. So go ahead. So one thing I would say is never give up on yourself and never give up on growing. You got to challenge yourself. And no matter if you're trying to be a lawyer, trying to be a doctor, trying to be an accountant, a musician, a teacher, you're never going to succeed if you if you stop trying. Right. The only time you fail is when you stop trying. 
So that's all I say to anybody is be consistent, come up with a realistic routine, chase your dreams with a sense of reality. That's all I say. You know, whatever it is that you want to do in life, you, you, you can't give up. And you, like I said, you just have to have a realistic view on how you're going to obtain these things and be patient with yourself and be patient with the process. The universe will provide. Yes, I love it. So to let everyone know how they can reach out to you, Mr. Conscious Rap. <laughs> so you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, CR underscore 908. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, JOTF Records. Um, and on the website, www.jumpouttheframe.com, we have um me and the other artists on my record label we put up all of our news releases interviews and music videos on the website so it's kind of a one-stop shop for all of our content once again that's www.jumpouttheframe.com okay it's a pleasure having you know you said you had a podcast as well too yeah um shout out to introverted intuition jeff kelly like yo i've been so busy lately i feel bad because like i probably i don't even I don't, have i been on the episode yet this year i don't even know i think this yeah because you know what i'm saying because i've been traveling and i've been right. performing because i just released the album but i am scheduled to be back on the show on the what on the 19th yeah yeah that's on tuesday so <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna be back co-hosting with jeff and definitely guys you can find that on spotify the podcast app for apple um introverted intuition we're also on uh social media so you can catch us on instagram introverted intuition okay cool if i ever come back to ny which i yes, probably should i want you to I would come, love to to come. yeah definitely yes, so please. i'm trying to do more networking trying, yeah. trying to get myself out there <laughs> i would love to have you at our show yeah you definitely would love so. jeff he's cool as hell okay yeah. all right i'm coming up there now i don't know if i can do 10 miles like this <laughs> i can't Yo, walk 10 well, miles again good, but the good news our studio is literally four minutes from world trade center Okay. So, All right, we did. Yeah. So literally, you can walk and it'll be right next to World Trade Center. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Not that experience again. <laughs> Yo, you funny. It's been a pleasure having you. So Thanks glad you was able to stop by. And um, I hope Charlotte continues to show you love. <laughs>